0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. This past winter saw a shortage of a variety of different important drugs used by the public on an almost daily basis. The antibiotic amoxicillin uh, ran out and the government had to release emergency reserves. Now, if you're like me and you've ever had young kids with ear infections or with strep throat, you know how important this drug actually is. And these are shortages that are occurring in other parts of the world as well. So how can we avoid seeing these types of shortages again in the future? Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel penned an opinion piece earlier this year for the Washington Post with some ideas as to how to potentially avoid these problems again. We should also congratulate him as one of the recipients of the 2023 Guggenheim Fellowship. Zeke, great to talk to you again. How have you been? Good to be here. Ah. Uh- Well, I've been well, I think. (laughs) That's right. Well, and obviously a lot of parents and a lot of families earlier this year were dealing with these shortages. And I guess let's start where how these shortages kind of all kind of came to place in the first place. Well, first of all,
1: let's be clear. Um, I think the use of the past tense is a mistake here. There are continuing shortages. Just last week, uh, someone uh, called me. Wife has breast cancer needs to get chemotherapy, they were due to go in to get chemotherapy, they got a call from their oncologist, we don't have the drug carboplatin, which you're supposed to get, um, it's out of stock everywhere that we can find, uh, so that's just one indication, uh, this isn't limited to antibiotics, it's not limited to, uh, drugs for attention deficit disorder, uh, it's common, um, And I want to say, uh, I think I left uh, government service in the summer of 2011, and my very first op-ed at that point in the New York Times was about rationing because we were having a shortage of chemotherapy drugs. So here we are, 22 years later, almost to the day, and we're still having this shortage of chemotherapy drugs uh, and many other drugs. So it's it, it, it's a persistent problem. It's gotten worse. And that, I think, is why it's getting public attention.
0: What are the reasons why, then, we, we continue to see these types of, of issues pop up?
1: Uh, it's really, uh, as we all become familiar with, a supply chain issue. Um, and it's two elements. One is the actual production of the chemical inputs into the drugs. Uh, the other is uh well three problems the other is the production facilities and the shortage where, where uh just in time production has overtaken and we don't have a lot of spare uh, uh production facilities for mainly these common pills and the third element is uh because we don't have a lot of shortage anytime that a production facility gets contaminated by bacteria or something else that shouldn't be in the drugs uh, and gets shut down. Suddenly, we have a uh, shortage of production, and then drugs get uh, short supply. So it's that's a very pernicious cycle. We're running very close to the edge all the time. Contamination is probably happening too frequently, um, and we don't have sufficient capacity. I would say contamination is happening too frequently because we uh, have basically offshored almost all the production of these low-cost drugs, uh, China, and much more importantly, India. And as everyone who's followed the news understands, India's had a really bad time with um, uh, adhering to good manufacturing practices. They've had contaminations uh, that have, of cough syrup that have killed kids worldwide, and they have Uh, Other problems, so it's a it's a very vicious cycle.
0: So we're at a time right now. It's interesting you frame it also with the offshoring component. Is that uh, the government has talked a lot about trying to increase manufacturing in general here in the United States to bring uh, manufacturing of a variety of different products. We've heard it with the chip manufacturing side. Uh, We're now seeing it. Not so much bringing it back, but when you think about EVs and where we're going with that, more production here in the United States. So then is that a potential path to try and alleviate some of this, focusing on how we can build out manufacturing here in the U.S.?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, we've recognized, certainly in the CHIP case, that uh, domestic manufacturing is a national security issue. You can't have a key component to your economy uh being manufactured almost exclusively by your chief global antagonist um and that's just dumb uh and it's a real threat to national security if we're going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars on defense we have to think how do we keep the economic engine running um and certainly being able to produce either domestically in our country or you know, similar, you might call it, like-minded democracies, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, South Korea, Europe, Canada, Um, we have to have the capacity in those countries to produce these essential items. That is a national security issue. Um, And if we spent, you know, billions of dollars building highways for national security during Eisenhower, we should spend billions of dollars, if not more, Uh, producing, uh, investing in manufacturing for uh, these pivotal items like basic drugs. And so part of what I've been arguing is we need to uh, uh, reshore this production. We had production in the United States. We had it in Puerto Rico, mainly because of certain tax, uh, favorable tax breaks to drug companies that uh, created manufacturing plants there. Um, I'm not going to say it was perfect or ideal but it was good in the following sense. It was domestic. Uh, It kept the uh, Puerto Rican economy going with lots of good middle-class paying jobs there uh, instead of having the economy uh, very much dependent upon bailouts from the uh, federal government. I think a similar uh, approach uh, with incentives, whether uh, subsidies or tax credits or some other arrangement uh, that uh, favors production domestically and especially in Puerto Rico, where we have facilities that could be um, probably uh, uh, up and running uh, fast, is in the national interest. And you know, whenever people ask me, it's like, well, you know, it's going to cost money. I said, how much would it be worth for you to pay for insurance to know that? these drugs aren't going to be in short supply, you know, is it 10 bucks a year? Is it a hundred bucks a year? You know, I think that's the kind of, you know, we have to remember if it's $10 per American, that's $3 billion. Um, Is it worth that investment? I think almost everyone would say, Oh yeah, absolutely. That's not very much money for a critical element.
0: Well, yeah. And, and as you laid that out, I was thinking to myself, you mentioned the different, impacts that you could see here in the united states what about like the different health programs out there you think medicare medicaid not necessarily in the case of amoxicillin but with some of these drugs it would be very beneficial you would think to the pricing component of some of these programs to be able to bring uh some or all of this production back into the u.s over time
1: yeah you know is is it going to slightly raise the cost of production compared to doing it in india Absolutely. You know, we should be very clear about that. Uh, is that a major problem? Um, as anyone who's been to the pharmacy knows, most of these generics are literally pennies. Um, the bigger expense is not the actual pill, the bigger expense is what's called the filling, what you pay to the Walgreens or CVS or Rite Aid to actually put those pills in a container, which always struck me as the stupidest thing we could do why do we have pharmacists basically doing that we should do what most of the world is have these prepackaged and push uh, containers um, that by the way reduces any chance of overdoses from pills as well um, just because no one's pushing out a hundred of these little pill things um, anyway there are lots of things we could do to streamline it and uh, to make it more efficient and raising the cost a little bit, not that big a deal. These tend to be very, very cheap drugs.
0: But even if you did use the the route that you mentioned about a moment ago about tax breaks, especially involving Puerto Rico, uh, I, I would think that, y- you know, you're not talking about a, a significant increase in terms of what had already been done to kind of break this back into the system again. And then yeah. you think about the kind of the mindset around this idea of manufacturing here in the U.S. And part of it is also trying to use supplies that come from U.S. companies in order to build this up even more. Uh, total, I totally agree
1: with you. And I think, again, this is an area where we could have improved domestic production. Again, not just of the finished pills, but the whole supply chain, including the chemicals uh, being produced, uh, necessary for production, et cetera. I think that is very important. And I, I might have misinterpreted your question, and now it occurs to me a different way, which is, um, uh, yeah, say we need $3 billion a year in tax subsidies. You know, just pick a, a number. I don't know what the exact number is. I probably no one knows, including the drug companies themselves. Say it's $3 billion a year you know, that's less than 1% of what we spend on drugs in the United States. We're north of $500 billion a year. Uh, Again, is that too much to spend? No, it's just not. And I think we need to put into context uh, the spending um, and $3 billion a year is 10 bucks per American. Again, I think these are very low numbers. And if we Think the overall drug expenditure is too high. It's too high for brand name drugs. And typically, the ones that are in shortage are these generic drugs, which are, again, you know, pennies, less than a penny per pill in many cases.
0: Well, and, and I think the messaging that you just laid out is important because I think a, a lot of times in this day and age, anything that gets associated with spend and it's got a B on the back end of the word is taken to the negative. In comparison to what you just said, ten dollars per American to be able to do this, to be able to give the tax break, I think, as you just said, everybody would probably sign up for that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think we don't uh, communicate. You know, again, it's one of the big problems in politics is we don't communicate clearly what the actual expenditure is, yeah. what it's going for, what are we going to buy with that ten dollars? You know, and if you're buying no drug shortages. Uh, uh, no, uh, pretty much a guarantee you're not going to have any contaminated drug production um, and domestic production, both for national security, but also to uh, rev up the economy in places that need it, like Puerto Rico. That seems like you know a win, 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 win. And yeah. the downside is I don't see it.
0: What holds that up right now then? What's that determining factor that's blocking that From occurring in your opinion? Is it the drug companies? Is it Capitol Hill? Is it uh, maybe a combination of all? No, it's not the
1: drug companies. I do think they are in this case, they may be offended by my saying this, but they're mercenaries. This is a transaction for them. It's about, you know, what's cheap place to produce? You give and and I've talked to a lot of them behind the scenes, and you they say, Yeah, that, you know if the tax incentives, whether it's yeah. tax credit or however you want to structure it, if it came back, we'd go back. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. oh, this isn't a hard choice for us. Um, you know, they got to get the right price point and And, um, but it's political. And I think the idea, you know, on the Democrat side, anything given to the drug companies that looks like, you know, you're giving it to people who are already robbing you. The Republicans don't like to spend money, um, uh, whether it's a, I mean, tax credits are more favorable because it doesn't occur on the budget, but I think they're reluctant and they would be reluctant to to give the Democrats a win at this point because it would happen during a Democratic presidency. I think it's mostly politics. I do think we need to reframe this off the it's a drug cost to it's a national security issue. And that, and it's a, and you know, honestly, it's an anti China issue. Yeah. I do think. In that frame, you can get some political support.
0: Zeke, great to talk to you again. Thanks very much for your time today. Take care. You got it. Dr. Zeke Emanuel, Professor of Medical Ethics and Health Policy at the University of Pennsylvania. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.